1017 Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 77 Studios. Sunday Night Scrub Show host. That's how I met Rampage. Uh, Ray Black was on the show with me. Me and Ray used to fight all the time off air. We had actually some of the most interesting content was me and Ray arguing off air. But she was a great co-host and a great cheerleader and a great person who's literally Ms. or Miss Arizona. She brought an element of, of pageantry to, to the show and then Rampage came in and, and and it became it became a different lane and a different vibe when Rampage came in. He brought that energy. He brought that that Flatbush Yardman mentality to the show. But I've known for many years that the owner of the Phoenix Suns, Robert Sarver, I've always felt that, it, that he wasn't a stand-up guy. And I want to be careful of what I'm saying. I was talking, I was talking to one of my business partners. They're like, yo, you might want to tone some of the stuff you're talking about down. Cause you're not just a small time podcast anymore. And you're not a Sunday night scrub show host anymore. You're doing radio daily. And we all know that you're not really a mogul until you get sued. And I don't want anyone to sue the pants or the bejesus. Off or out of me. But Robert Sarver has always had a, a a very bad reputation in Phoenix. I've talked about it a lot when I was on KDUS, when I was on NBC Sports Radio. People wanted him sub-team. People begged him sub-team. People ran a swift boat campaign about him sub-team. People were talking about moving the team to Scottsdale. People were talking about moving the Suns to Las Vegas. There's so many rumors and innuendo going around the Phoenix Suns franchise, and they, they were able to bust out of that. Now, when I was in Phoenix, I had season tickets to the Suns. I went to a lot of Suns games. I went to a lot of Mercury games. I saw all the time people want to talk to me about, I made a comment about Diana Taurasi or, or WNBA, and, and, and I've had, I had people DM me like, you don't have a right to talk about women's athletics. And I'm like, bleep you, man. I've given, I've given more of my, my USDs my money that I earned to the WNBA, the 99.9% of the population. I was on a third row cheering Brittany Griner and company on. As the Mercury were a fantastic, and it was a fantastic experience. I used to go to a lot of Seattle Storm games when I lived in downtown Seattle back in the day. I've seen Sue Bird light it up for 30 points, hit five, six threes. Good product is good product. Now, is the entire uh, WNBA a good product? No. But can you get some really good games with some of the marquee teams? Are there a lot of women out there that can hoop? Absolutely. There are some women on out there that are ballers. And I enjoyed it. But the, but the, but the Mercury were a better draw than the Suns when I lived in Phoenix. 
The Suns are really bad. Now they busted out of that. They got CP3, Devin Booker, matured. They brought in Jay Crowder. They got DeAndre Ayton. Uh the Bridges kid. So now they have they have a, a, a team that's that's a contender. And a good team. They came up short in the finals. They came one game away from winning the NBA championship. Or excuse me, two games away from winning the NBA championship. Weren't able to close. But for the Suns, getting to getting two games away from from the Larry O'Brien is is huge. But there's always been this underlying issue with the owner. Because you know that the owner was not, you know, I'm not going to call the guy names because I don't want to get sued. We know the owner was not on up and up. So I'm reading it from Yahoo.com. This isn't Lance J's opinion. And I'm going, I'm going directly <laughs> into this. So there's an article to Yahoo.com. We all know that Robert Sarver, there's been an investigation. I find it funny that right now during COVID, people dying from COVID, people dying from hunger, inflation, gas is like five bucks. Joe Biden is, he doesn't know where he is half the time. Joe Biden is doing so bad as president that we might bring Trump back. Which ironically, Trump was doing so bad as president that we would have voted for anyone but Trump. And it happened that Joe Biden is the one that that was in the driver's seat. But Joe Biden's doing so bad that if you go to Quinnipiac, if there if the election was held this week, Trump would be back in the White House. Agent Orange 2.0 would be back in the White House, pathologically lying, telling people not to get vaccinated, although he was vaccinated. Using the White House and his presidential powers to to perform uh, an all-out assault on the United States Constitution. It's so bad that we're going to bring him back. Yet, Congress and all these groups, we're, we're investigating. We're investigating sports franchises. And we're, we're investigating emails from John Gruden from 10 years ago. We're investigating the Washington football team formerly known as the Redskins. So there's an excerpt, excerpt from yahoo.com. It's talking about incidents with, with Sarver uh, executives allegedly contribute to the toxic environment for the Phoenix Suns. While Sarver's alleged actions affected numerous staffers, Current and former employees, they interviewed 70 people, told ESPN that the workplace toxicity of the organization was also the, the fault of the Suns executive team. Incidents described run the gamut. Two employees includes a white executive of repeatedly calling a black employee Carlton, a character from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which we, which we all know and love, especially if you're listening to the show on WVOL, W-O-L, and asking him to do the famous Carlton dance. Despite him asking numerous times to stop when contacted by ESPN, the, the executive did not deny he did those things, but he did deny that he was told to stop saying the relationship was jovial. Now, let me let me step in there. Who wants to be humiliated at work? Is these, these guys, especially these middle-aged white men that are filthy, rotten, rich, they actually think that you enjoy their sexism and racism and classism. They, they think that it's a running joke. They think that it's a gag. 
Like, remember laughing from Rowan and Martin? You had all these gags. Remember, you can't do that on television, the Canadian show where you had the locker room skits? They think it's a gag. Back to the article. A female employee who had allegedly been physically assaulted by a male co-worker told ESPN that she went to HR for help. Since his desk was directly next to hers, the solution was to move her desk so she was now 10 feet away from him, social distancing. She told ESPN that, to her knowledge, the Suns never conducted an investigation. According to the Suns, that's because both parties declined to speak with HR. They also denied advising an employee to move her desk to resolve the problem. Another female employee told ESPN that a former Suns VP once asked her about her sexual history with male Suns employees, even asking about the genitalia of one specific employee. She quotes, it was terrible because I had not had sexual relations with anyone on the staff. So that was weird. Also made me uncomfortable because my VP is asking me about my sexual history with other coworkers. This kind of thing was also normal. That's just a window into what the alleged culture is. Now, everybody will have their day at court and investigations and yada, yada, yada. Adam Silver will get involved. Maybe, maybe. Maybe he'll get the the Donald Sterling treatment. Maybe they'll remove Sarver. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. But what I what I do know, and we're and we're about to cut to a break. We've got Isaac Palmer coming in. But what I do know is that we have opened a Pandora's box. And there are gonna be a lot of people taking L's because now that we're starting to investigate and snoop around, it's just like the NCAA in college football as an Ohio State fan. Hey, I know Ohio State plays their players. Or has paid their players. Because I know people that played for Ohio State. It grew up with people that played for Ohio State. B, when the NCAA comes around, I actually know if they come to Ohio State, they come to Bama, they come to Oklahoma, they come to Florida, they're going to find what they're looking for. They come to the U, they're going to find what they're looking for. They know that if they come to the U, somebody is on a yacht with cocaine and hookers. So you don't want the NCAA snooping around. You see coaches get fired or they suddenly retire or take a promotion to athletic director. That's because the NCAA is coming around and all of these big programs know they can't rein in 90 kids. Somebody's getting paid under the table. Some people are getting paid over the table. When these people start snooping around the NBA, the NFL, that's dangerous because if you think what, what you just, what I just read from yahoosports.com is bad. What do you think is going to find out when they get Jerry Jones on the wire talking about Colin Kaepernick? How many racial slurs do you think owners of all of the sports and epithets have been hurled towards Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James and anyone who's part of social justice or anyone who's part of the Black Lives Matter crowd? This is just the tip of the iceberg, the, 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 the sexism, the racism, all of that stuff. But wait till you start getting people on the wire, Jimmy McNulty style. Wait till those emails come out. Wait till Congress gets a hold of that stuff. That's what you should be scared of because that's literally the nuclear option and the end of sports as we know it. It's one thing to be an athlete in a culture where you know that your owner and your coach and your fans may think that you're in fact subhuman. 
What happens when you can prove it? It's actually on paper. Paragon 7 Studios. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. But at the same time, like I said, and me, you know, I'm 56 years old. Damn! James Lewis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It feels so good to be cared for. Back up now, just a little more. The feeling someone's always there. Just to show how much they care. The feeling you're not alone. Now she's a part of your home. With so much to protect each day. Caring goes along. This is your boy Rampage, first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Learn more about group insurance benefits with Engagement Health. Call to speak to an advisor today at 832-219-5829. Tell them that the Flatbush King sent you. At Industrious, we don't want anything to get between you and your great day. That's why our private offices and suites come with everything you need to safely connect with your teammates in person or over Zoom so you can make every day a great one. Go to IndustriousOffice.com. Enjoy a great day at Industrious on us when you book a tour at IndustriousOffice.com. Black women are fierce, brilliant, courageous, dope. Black women are making a difference, making history, and changing the world. I think about all of the black women who have showed up to fight for justice. We are starting to finally accept all the skills and talents a woman can bring to the table. Urban One, thank you. This one is so special. to the next interview we were we were talking about just some of the concepts Isaac of being a black man I'm gonna tell a brief story something that happened to me over the weekend it's your show go ahead I'm at Best Buy just to get something very basic a basic part for for one of my cameras as I'm walking into Best Buy there's a gentleman who feels like I'm walking too slowly Hmm. He's in his car. He rolls up his car literally to where he's about inches away from hitting me to intimidate me to walk faster. I wait for him because I'm like, you know, you're trying to run me over to get a TV. It's not that it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, and so I'm standing. I walk over to, to, to the door and I say, I, you know, I say some very choice things. I can't sell terrestrial radio. But to the effect that you're about to run me over to get a TV, it's not that big of a deal. We're living in a society here. He threatens to call the police on me. <laughs> He's going to call the police on me for running me over. So I said, well, you know, all this stuff is taped. 
and they can see that you're about to run me over. But that's that's just kind of the day of life of a black man. I'm just minding Daylight. my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm minding my business. Microaggression. Except microaggression. Someone, you know, doesn't feel like I'm walking fast enough, is is rude to me, not threatening my life. But when I speak up and I talk yeah, about yeah. when in my monologues in the show, when the worst thing you could do as an African-American is talk back. Mm. The culture is not to talk back. When I speak up, the first place he goes, he's like, hey, if you keep talking, I'm going to call the police. Um, and so that's very interesting in a, in a segue, but I, I wanted to get that story out. Well, based on, and, and on the what last we learned interview. from Dr. Wright is these these uh, microaggressions add up to add up, one right, mi- macroaggression. Right, 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 you, right. And, and right, it goes unnoticed to the recipient. But right. after years and years of this micro stuff. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this guy is a card-carrying Klansman, but it's just I thought it was very funny. I didn't threaten him physically. I didn't. I didn't get more than than five feet away from him. But his first reaction was, "You keep talking to me, I'm going to call the police." He ah. knew, and this man is about a 68, 70 year old Caucasian yeah, yeah, male. Yeah, yeah. He knew that if he called the cops, yep. that that was not going to end well for me. And he knew that Privileged. if he said that he was going to call the Privileged. cops, that that would probably end in my discussion because I was going to walk away. Because he knows that I know that if police come out there, it's not going to end well. Who's me. really playing the race card? It's, 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 it's very, it's just very interesting. But back to Isaac and the series of uh, Black Men's Health and some of the great interviews that we've had. You know, we talked about physical health, mental health. Uh, we talked about orthopedic stuff. We've talked about people that have chronic illnesses. And wanted to give give you the floor, Isaac. Always, always a pleasure to have you in the booth. Yeah, and uh, we appreciate the great authentic interviews that you've lined up during this series. Yeah, we, we've got another one, g- good one coming up. Uh, a gentleman named Cliff on the West Coast. Um, I, I, I want to normalize a, a lot of what black men experience uh, alone mm. uh, and, and don't share. And so that's what this story is going to be about. And okay. I, I just admit my purpose up front is this is normal. This happens every day to, 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 to black men all the time. Mm. And I'm so, looking forward to hearing it. Cliff, how you doing? Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Happy to be here. Great, great. I don't know where to start with this. And so you you tell me where you want to start. Um, tell your story. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think the normalcy, uh, my story centers around just how, how as a black male, um, you guys were even talking about the microaggressions, and there's a variety that we could have list, list of things that go into it. Um, for me, it's just coping with stress um, uh-huh. and, and how how as just a man and then as a black man, um, how I have recognized over the last year how I got conditioned um, to to not to not deal with it properly. Uh-huh. Um, so <clears throat> over the last 18 months, been working pretty heavily with our organization uh, the CARES Learning Partnership in helping or, um, administrators, uh, clergy, first responders, mm-hmm. helping organizations and their staff deal with what we call uh, vicarious trauma. So these positions where people are hearing other people's stuff all the time, who helps them? Um, so it's, a, it's some of the initiatives that we put out, and I'm out here. Uh, West Coast. I've been out here for about three years, coming from the East Coast. And for the first time in my life, man, I want to say maybe about six months ago, I think and this this is how it's so funny. I think I had a panic attack. Mm, <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I think I've never had one before. Um, but then 
Um, my one of my daughters does actually suffer from anxiety, and so she's she's had panic attacks before, um, and I, I think that's what it's what it's tied to. Um, in my work, I have learned that you know there is distress and you stress, um, and you know distress is negative stress, and you stress is stress that comes from positive things like getting married and graduation and having in laws come to stay with you. Um, so for me, it was, I'm trying to start this organization. Um, I'm trying to manage the things in the home. I'm trying to be a father, a husband. Um, I have kids that have needs. I am in that age where I have a father um, and parents that are of an age that need help. Um, so I'm kind of sandwiched there right. as far as the responsibilities of trying to take care of my parents, um, take care of my children. And be that that man of the home, that priestly man of the home. So you you have all of that straightforward, and then you tie on this this. If you're a Christian, you have this other conditioning that you're supposed to be the spiritual leader. Hmm. Um, and so what I what I it ran sounds through stressful what, just listening to yeah yeah, yeah. To him I'm stressed right. Yeah yeah, a lot of boxes to check every day. Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't realize. Um, what the expectation is, I, I, was, I was thinking of Chris Rock has a bit where he talks about, he says, something, I'm, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but he says something about only women, dogs, and children are loved unconditionally. Mm, yes, um, men, you yes. got to, you got to produce, you got to perform. Yep. But, yep. but yeah, but men, we're only loved to the extent that we can provide something. Put meat on the table. Yeah. 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 And, and I, it, it was, it was a crazy thing. So not, not only, you know, I just, my, I'm a problem solver, so I so I analyze stuff for a living, um, and I help other people solve their problems. Um, but in this space of helping people deal with emotional problems, um, I, I woke up one morning and I realized that while I had slept, I didn't really sleep all the way, um, and I was just processing things, and like I started feeling pain in my chest. And then I started thinking through things. So the funny thing was, is that <laughs> my first reaction was to solve my own problem. And I just think that that's something that we're not talking about enough. Like my first thought was not to call 911. Yeah. It was not to get medical attention. It was not to go to the hospital. It wasn't even to talk to my wife. It was... Yo, I can't be having a panic attack. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take care of this. I, I think, that? I think that's the number one purpose of this segment, this series that we're doing. Is so, Cliff, you haven't heard the other interviews, but I think it comes up every other, every other interview. Yeah. My first thought was to walk it off, figure it out, fix it, handle it, right. not talk to anyone. And Th this is a normal part and of with being the, a black man in with America. With the runway of, I got to get back to producing. And I got to get back. Because if I don't walk it off, if I do go to the hospital and they say, well, you got to put a stint in there, yep. or you got to be in the hospital for a week or two, I can't produce while I'm at a hospital yes. bed. And the athlete analogy is so important because we understand that if, if you twist something you really don't want an MRI right. <laughs> because that means no playing time. Right. And that's what no it contract. means when you are the producer. Right. So I, I just want to make this super clear, if I could, to our listeners. Are you a father? 
Are you a husband? Are you the producer? Do you have a job that where people depend on you? You are Cliff in this story. You are Cliff. Go ahead, Cliff. Yeah, and I, I think what's funny as I listen to you guys, it's like it 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 wasn't actually for me. Um, I have experienced some growth, right? So the whole if I'm not there to provide, um, I, I, I've I've grown out of that. I think for me, it was actually. I help other people. So I didn't even consider something was happening to me. In other words, like I, I added pressure to myself thinking that I'm equipped. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know about the breathing. I know about the this and that. So it was still subconsciously looking at, I don't need to ask for help. I don't need to tell anybody. Mm. I, I got to get this taken care of. Um, because it wasn't so much I wouldn't be provided for. I was always I was thinking from the mindset of is what I'm telling other people mm. does that actually work? <laughs> oh. I've been telling people how to manage their stress. Is this physical or is is this is this stress related? Um, and so yeah, I did go get it checked out later um, because, like I said, I have I have experienced some growth. I used to be the no, nah, I'm, I'm I'll just walk it off. Um, but I still got some more growth to do. Um, what was eye opening to me, I, I guess what I want to share with with your audience is I don't think people understand how many of these other ailments can be tracked back to stress. Um, so when I did get it checked out, uh, it, it, you know, weight gain, you know, lack of sleep, irritability um, and and. <laughs> I think stress for me is people people view stress as yelling or biting somebody's head off. And that's not me. Right? I'm I'm gonna be pretty consistent. I'm gonna manage, I'm gonna do what I do, I'm gonna stay on my grind. And I thought because I was performing, it couldn't be stress. Hmm. Like I, I don't I don't have a problem with stress. And it wasn't until I got checked out that I found out, no, I I do. And I process stress through my body. So I'm not going to be irritable with my kids. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be short-tempered. I'm not going to yell at my wife. I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm going to go into work, handle my business, come out, and my body is actually falling apart right. because of the amount of stress that I'm dealing with. And because I'm, quote, unquote, dealing with it, mm-hmm. I'm not recognizing that it's there. Um, and you and said the word, scary. and you said the word stress at least six times. So it's just... Just it's it's I can feel the weight. I, I know that you're talking about you're you're moving on the other side of that, but what this encapsulates to me, Isaac, is a person once again going out into society, juggling, raising a family and mm-hmm. being being a husband, um, being a professional. Yeah. But also and I think I'm glad that you mentioned the Christian element, because that's part of it. Not I'm not anti Christianity, but there is pressure if you are a mm-hmm. Christian father mm-hmm. and husband to be the priest of the home, to yeah. have all of the answers to whatever is going on. You you cover your family spiritually like an umbrella, and that and that adds more stress. And and the truth of the matter is, the relationship with Christ is an up and down relationship. You go through times where it's just like, Lord, you know, what the hell? How did this happen? to us why is this happening to me but as a man and a black man you have to always yeah. stand tall 
And whatever's going on, you have to be able to create the illusion for your family that everything is okay. Not show your weaknesses. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. As a former quality executive who has literally retrieved and coded millions of charts, I've worked with our new partners over at Episource for many years and am proud to now serve as a brand ambassador and part of their product development team. Episource is a global industry leader in chart retrieval, coding, quality analytics, and in-home assessments. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration.